It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day, he's the best. Keith Stewart. Good afternoon, and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. Well... We're down at the Wells Fargo Championship, so if I sound a little funny, I'm coming to you all the way from the District of Columbia. I'm on the road covering the PGA Tour along with Read the Line, baby. Speaking of Read the Line, we had another win there, Wade. So load up the playlist. We're going to have some fun this afternoon with our super guest from the LPGA. Let's rock and roll. Come on now. It's a rainy Friday afternoon down here in Maryland at TPC Potomac Avenel Farms. So if my voice sounds a little funny, that's because I'm in the media center down here at the Wells Fargo Championship covering the PGA Tour for all of you that tune into the Pro Show, pro show every Friday afternoon. Wade Weezer, how are you, my friend? I'm, I'm nice and dry. Yeah. Well, whatever I have is coming your way at some point. So, I mean, I would be prepared. <laughs> right, it is, it is. Yeah, I would find the umbrella. Um, it's, I've seen uh, the forecast. Yeah, it's been a deluge all day today. We've been here in the media center, and it's 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 a, it's one of those fancy tents, but you could just hear it. Uh, you could still hear it outside uh, on the top, and uh, um, it's been kind of the uh, symphony of the day. You know, the pitter patter of rain against the top of the tent. And I'll tell you this much, though. You know, this golf course and this facility. You know, I feel bad when the rain comes to events that are just bi- this big and this important and um, it just, it just kind of kills me, man, because, you know, they, everybody works so hard to put these things together and make them great. And then you have weather right. like this show up and it just hasn't been great. It's, um, you know, and the practice round days I got down here for, and then the first round, it was just gorgeous yesterday. And then today, um, they're fighting it, you know, but, uh, we got a great leaderboard up there. We'll get to that in a second, but the first thing we got to get to is we got to talk about our guests for this afternoon. And, um, we got to talk a little read the line, my friend, because they are okay. interrelated of all things. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I they, like related things. Yeah. Get your hot button keys ready because, <laughs> well, we are going to talk to the latest LPGA winner. That's Marina Alex. She's from New Jersey, uh, northern New Jersey. She grew up in Wayne and North Jersey Country Club. And uh, she pulled off a victory at the Palos Verdes Championship on Sunday. Her second LPGA Tour victory, first coming at the... Uh, Cambia Portland Classic back in 2018. Just an awesome player. She went to Vanderbilt, uh, SEC Player of the Year twice. Un- unbelievable person. And the reason that we're having her on is that because the LPGA is coming to New Jersey next week. And right. I reached out to her about 10 days ago and I said, Hey, Marina, you've been on the show before. Would you like to come on and promote the LPGA coming to New Jersey and doing their thing? And she said, Yeah, Keith. For sure, I'd love to do it. You know, I can give you 15, 20 minutes, whatever. Because um, the LPGA is off this week. And she said, I'll have plenty of time right. to do it and so on and so forth. And I said, you know, I got done talking to her. This was like Monday of last week. So I, I get done talking to her, Wade, and I said, hey, you know, Marina, I have a good feeling that you're going to play very well this week. I, I liked your top 10 at Wilshire the week before at the DO Implant LA Open. I said, this golf course is very much like the one you grew up on here in New Jersey. I think you're hitting the ball really well. And she said, well, you know, you know I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Well, 
Fast forward to last weekend there, Mr. Wade Weezer, right? Yes. I meant what I said. So I wrote about her and read the line, and I predicted her to win. And her odds at the start of the week were 100 to 1. But by Wednesday, when I published, they were 90 to 1. So she was one of wow. my... She was one of my LPGA predictions for the week. And going into, oh yeah. <laughs> you and I might have more money, more problems. She's got more money, no problems, because, right, right, because right. she pulls off the victory. So after 54 holes, she's tied for third. She's two shots back. She goes out on Sunday and she shoots 66 and she wins by one over the number one player in the world Jin Young Ko just a fantastic finish out there in LA and it, it just it's just unbelievable and the and the funny part is is like the whole time I'm watching this obviously I have a vested interest in it but she is just one of those people that you just love to root for i mean she is just she's so transparent in the press room and she really sells the LPGA that's why i wanted to have her on and now she's going to be on this afternoon as the most current winner on the LPGA and I, I can't wait to talk to her this afternoon and to spend the time with her so it's it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun um, talking about her win talking about the moments on the back nine on Sunday taking on the number one player in the world and then you know being the most current winner and then coming to New Jersey all at the same time it's all, it's all a very very cool story and I can't wait to do it this afternoon with all of you my listeners it's going to be some fun there's no doubt about that all right. You have no comment on that, I take it. I was looking for the clap button. Oh, that's fair, fair enough. Fair enough. You know, I, I figured because we were about 150 miles apart from one another, there was just a delay there. But it's all good. I don't it's know. All... I think it's pretty good. We, we got this uh, technical thing scored away, I think. Oh, man. Well, I tell you, you know, um, so speaking of who's having another great week, let's talk about the round one recap down here at the Wells Fargo Championship. We got Jason Day shot 63 yesterday at seven under par, a little 32-31 out there. Golf course was in perfect condition, perfect day out there, wasn't too windy. And these guys, you know it, they, they just go out and they tear it up. We had 79 rounds under par. And, um, you know, today this, it's been a battle. I mean, it's been pouring rain all day, but uh, when it gets wet, it only gets easier to score. And these guys, they've been given lift clean in place in their own fairway. So, you know, the premium on hitting their fairway has just been, it's, it's actually really, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things where while they're playing their golf, the, you really admire how good these guys are at controlling their mindset and, and just really like paying attention to what's important. You know, if there's one thing, if you go to see a golf tournament and you go in bad weather, watch how these guys go about their business. They do everything. There's a process, there's a routine, and they're just so good at it. And well, you know who else is good at it? That's the man, Joel Damon. Joel Damon Yesterday, he was in second after the first round, six under par, 64. He drives the ball straight, which is why, you know, he's definitely a good pick here. There's no doubt about that as the live betting takes place this weekend. You know, hint, hint there, Mr. Wade Weezer, if you're going yes. to sprinkle a little. But um, he played well again this morning. And, you know, watching him, I was walking around with him a little bit, watching him play the golf course. You know, he just taking his time, hitting his shots, and then get back under the umbrella. It's just it's just kind of amazing. It's almost like these guys, they know what they're doing. You know what I mean? Kind of crazy. <laughs> they might. Kind of, they, they might. They might. Which, you know what? The fact that you're in one place and I'm in another might get people to assume that we know what we're doing. Well, you know what they say. You shouldn't assume. You just really shouldn't assume. Yeah. 
We're not going to go into that. It's a family show. All right. We had a bunch of guys, six of them, in fact, uh, after round one at five under 65. Uh, local guy, Denny McCarthy. So a quick side story here, right? So Denny McCarthy mm-hmm. grew up at a place called Argyle Country Club, which is about 10 miles from where I am right now at the Wells Fargo at TPC Potomac at Avenel Farm. And the golf course there, super hilly, uh, traditional classic layout. And I had the opportunity to go there on Wednesday afternoon and play a little golf with a friend of mine, uh, a guy that's been on the show before, Ryan Ballinger from the Golf News Network. And we walked the golf course and he said, you know, this is where Denny McCarthy grew up. I said, well, man, Denny McCarthy, I mean, if he grew up playing here, this is hilly. This is, you know, very much like the golf course I was walking the day before and the morning of. Uh, the round that I played, and it's, it's like the exact same thing, except it's not a PGA Tour course, you know, so meaning right. lengthwise and such. But so it, does, it makes sense to me that, you know, Denny hits and he shoots five under. He's got a huge contingent here following him. It's almost a home game for him. So keep an eye on him as well. Uh, Aaron Rye, Paul Barjan, Stuart Sink. You got um, Matt Wolf. How about this quote yesterday he put out on social media? He goes, you know, so he shoots minus five yesterday, two off the lead after the round one. And there's a quote on the PGA Tour social media, and it says, you know, I'm really happy with my round, but I wouldn't have seen it coming because the last round I played, I lost every golf ball in my bag. (laughs) It's, I mean, it, it doesn't matter at any point whether you're on the PGA Tour or you're on the PGA Junior League Tour. We all have our moments in golf, folks. So enjoy the good rounds when you can. You know who else hit this week? Recky Fowler, four under par. And he's playing good this morning again. So, you know, it'd be great to see Ricky Fowler come back because he definitely brings the fans out. And you know how we love to publicize ourselves a little bit of golf um, around here at the Pro Show. So when golf's popular, Ricky Fowler's playing well, it's it's good for everybody. There's no doubt about that. So it's good to see him. And then following him... Uh, we're looking at about T20 now yesterday in round one. We've got Rory at minus three, Sergio at minus three. And we got to talk a little Sergio here because Sergio had a little run in with the hot mic yesterday. And, you know, Mr. Wade Weezer, you know something or two about a hot mic indeed. You know what I mean? We love the hot mics. Well, I tell you, Sergio wasn't loving the hot mic yesterday because he got caught up in something. And then following his round, one thing's for sure, you want to you talk about a guy that ducked the interview zone that guy he spent about 12 minutes we were all hunting him down the media was and he spent about 12 minutes signing his scorecard and um you would have thought you know he was signing all four rounds at once or something i don't know what was going on (laughs) but everybody's waiting for him and waiting for him and then and then he ditched the crowd which was which was a bummer because here's the storyline so he's looking for his golf ball and he's over in the weeds and the the uh, official comes over this is off the tee. He's looking for his golf ball. And you get three minutes to look for right. it. And he's disputing whether the clock gave him enough time to look for it, right? And if, you know, he was getting the help that he needed, et cetera, et cetera. So under his breath, he says, you know, I can't wait to be done with this tour. I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, I, I can't wait to be done with all of you folks in this tour and yada, 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 right? And um, mm-hmm. it's, I've only got like a month left with all of you. And, you know, of course, he's alluding to Greg Norman's tour, which, you know, yes, it's... It's exactly the case. So, I mean, I'm so happy you played that because what's funny for me is that, like, if he's frustrated with the way certain things get handled by the PGA Tour, how does he think? I mean, everyone's making a big deal about, like, the Saudi regime and, you know, you're playing the Imperial Death March there or whatever it is from Star Wars, you know, Darth Vader music. But, like, this is a brand new tour. Do they think that the logistics of what they're running there is going to be that much better? 
than what he's dealing with now? Or, or does he just get to change the rules of golf? You know, Sergio, um, I'm sure after the fact, he's probably regretting saying some of that. But uh, at, as things stand right now, um, he definitely had himself in some hot water. And I mean, it's all over social media. So I, I'm just trying to highlight the story here and, and get you all fired up about it. But um, it, I, I just thought it was I, I just thought it would have been great to be standing there live when he hit the press room and be like, so what do you mean? You know, like, because, you know, still to this point, there are some people that have come out and talked about that they're going to play and they've they've sent a release to the PGA Tour and their agents have said, yes, I'm going to play in London in the, in the Live Golf Investments Tour event. The first one that's coming the first weekend in June there. But, um, you know, now it seems as if Sergio is, has, uh, has become his own press release in a manner of speaking there, yeah. Mr. Wade Weezer. You know, right. um, it's interesting. You know, it's unplanned, but, you know. Yeah. Unless it was planned, maybe you did want to slip it out there. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, I don't know. I, I just, I find it, I find it kind of comical that his take on things is that, you know, it's going to be better with a brand new tour than rather than a tour right. that's been, you know, successful for, I don't know, 50, 60 years in running things and, and, and all of that. You know, I, I mean, you, you know, you're talking about the little things that are involved with officials and, and all that goes on in running successful events. And that takes time and experience. And um, it seems like, well, I don't know. It seems obviously like Sergio's a really patient guy and it'll all work out. Now, speaking of working out, right? And I don't know if you can hear this in the background, but that's the rain. I can. That is the rain right now. Yes, I know. Yeah, I'm looking at the up. I'm looking at the window of the media center and I just saw Noah pull up with the arc. And I don't know <laughs> if that's a good sign or a bad sign. He's not pairing golfers by two by two yet, but um, <laughs> maybe they need to. Uh, I mean, this is this is just an unbelievable setting down here. And speaking of unbelievable, right? So we've been talking a lot about Live Golf Investments and their tour and what they've been trying to put together and Greg Norman and the controversy with Phil Mickelson and all this other stuff. But there's another tour that popped again this week, and that's the Premier Golf League or the PGL. And they sent you know, somewhat of a caustic letter out to PGA Tour players saying that we are, you know, a new tour that's coming out. Now, I'm like, I thought that these guys went away and whoever's advising them, whoever their handlers are, probably should have said you could stay away, but I, I don't quite get where these guys are coming from because as it stands right now, there's so much competition and the storylines that take place every day between Greg Norman's tour and the PGA Tour and now we're going to add another. I mean, this is like, like Remember back in college, Wade, you may, not, you may not remember back that far, but you remember back in college and, you know, there was um, maybe a young woman out at the bar that you wanted to meet, you know, and, right. and all of a sudden, like, one guy's talking to her and you're like, oh, well, you know, it'd probably be better if two guys talked to her, you know, and then the third guy says, well, I'm going to talk. I mean, how many leagues are we going to go over here? You know, like, I mean, does somebody at the PGL really think that, like, if we add ourselves into the conversation, we're suddenly going to be like the coolest guy in the bar, you know, like I, I don't, it just, it just kind of blows my mind. And then, you know, some of these players are starting to come out and talk about because we're about a month away from the London event for Live Golf Investments. And our man, Lee Westwood, he was not on a hot mic. He was on a mic that he knew was definitely on. And he started talking about how, you know, basically people like you and I, Wade, we should separate sports and politics and that, you know, for, mm -hmm. for all those reasons that we shouldn't, 
really be like, well, you know, it's it's a Saudi the Saudi Arabia back tour and blah blah blah, and then you know all the things that they do with people and you know all the atrocities that are going on over there. You know, we can separate that from the fact that you know there's F1 events and then there's you know. Um, they have boxing matches there and he's going he's like so like you could hear it in his own head he's like trying to justify the fact that he's going on this right. money this money grab rationalize it yeah he's trying to ra- rationalize it so one of the examples he gives is he starts talking about Wimbledon not allowing Russian athletes because of the conflict that's going on over there the war right and I start thinking to myself I was like Lee we got to talk man because you just said we shouldn't mix sports and politics and then you just gave a sports and politics reference you know I'm, yeah no 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 you- I'm not that, co- that's not a conversation right now. <laughs> he should be having with the a war going on. Yeah, I'm not quite sure he gets it. And then, you know, of course, anything that we start talking about, live golf investments, where do we start going next? Well, the man whose name we cannot mention these days, like the Voldemort of golf, right? Phil Mickelson, <laughs> he is all over the media. And he's my last big story here in the opening today because he is, um, there's a book coming out. Everyone knows about it. Alan Shipnuck wrote it from the Fireside Collective. And he's starting to leak because I think the book's going to come out in two or three weeks, maybe a month. You know, probably it's going to hit right around the U.S. Open, you know, something like that. And the story this week was that it's all about Phil's betting. And how that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, he was $40 million. $40 million or something? $40 million in debt, okay? And then that caused him to break up with his longtime caddy, Jim, Jim Bones Mackay, right? That Mackay actually f- fired Phil in 2017 rather than Phil and them having an amicable split, which is when it happened, there was a press release between the two of them and yada, yada. So this book ought to be pretty interesting. And, you know, early, early reads on this, people that have dug into it and are talking about it, you know, on social media and, you know, um, online, basically are saying that, you know, it just kind of gives a a well-rounded picture of Phil, you know, that yes, he is the people's champion. Yes, he is beloved. Yes, he's done amazing things for golf, but there's this other side of Phil and it's going to be interesting when the whole thing comes out and everybody gets a chance to digest this thing. I can't wait to read it because, um, you know, being on the inside of golf for such a long time, I've known that there's two sides to Phil and it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, you know, we see athletes on their field of play. Right, but they have right. real, they have regular lives too, and they're human beings, and they have interests in different things. And one of those for Phil, real is be- addictions. Is, well, it's it's betting, you know, and and I, and I don't begrudge anyone for betting. Obviously, look at what I do, but at the same time, you know, it, it's meant to be a form of entertainment, you know, and um, it seems as if, well, we'll let the book spell it all out, but um, I just can't wait to get into within it. Within your means, within your means, and even I mean, forty million dollars. I'm not sure how many people that's within their means. Um, not too many, not, well, I mean, I mean, I'm, the guy's probably liquid, like 200 million. So, but it, right. it, if you can't pay your caddy, right. And you're winning like six, $7 million on tour a year, then maybe it's time to take a step back there. Wade Weezer, you know, Agreed. you should give him a call. You should talk to him about it. Okay. I'll get, I'll get him a line too. Get him on. Yes. There we go. Oh yeah. I mean, could you imagine how much fun would that be? Right. Now, speaking of having fun, it's the start of a new golf season, and we got to talk about our friends and sponsors over at the New Jersey Golf Foundation. The charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. The foundation recently opened the Inspiration Golf Range located on the Lions campus of the VA New Jersey Healthcare System in Bernard's Township. The multi-purpose facility, which is open to the public, will host golf programming for youth, veterans, and individuals with special needs. To support the foundation or learn more about programs and special events, please visit 
njgolffoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. That's njgolffoundation.org or 732-465-1212. All right. Look at that. It's 20 past three down here in D.C. and for you at home in New York City. Folks, we're at Marina Alex, the LPGA's most recent winner, up with us next. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahente. All NFL players get paid a lot. You're not going to get paid more than me, though, because I'm the guy when it comes to clearing it out. Y'all take care of me. Spoken like a true wide receiver. Way to go, Roscoe (laughs) Jenkins, team of me. Mar, his name is first on the show, so we get it. You know, we get it. Me, Sean, as they like to call me, for those that don't know me. But anyway. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio or streaming live on the ESPN app. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming led by PGA professionals. So individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. An exciting new development is coming soon as the Inspiration Golf Range on the campus of the Lions VA Medical Center in Somerset County will serve as a new golf training facility for Special Olympics New Jersey, as well as the new home site for the PGA Hope, a rehabilitative golf program for veterans. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, please visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. That's NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or 732-465-1212. Time to get back on course as the Pro Show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN 920. Well, what a week it was for Marina Alex. She showed the best in the world why you never count out an she underdog. He was walking in the street, looked up and noticed. He was nameless, he was homeless. She asked him his name and told him what hers was. He gave her a story about life with a glint. New Jersey's own LPGA star now sets her sights on the third career victory in her home state next week. With a strong start to the 2022 campaign, she proved to us and herself that anything is possible but i was built to break the mold the only dream that i've been chasing is my own so i sing a song for the hustlers marina welcome to the pro show how are you this afternoon i'm great thank you so much for having me on all right you're coming off a huge sunday out there on the west coast so let's just jump right into it my first question for you is did you get a congratulatory text that kind of surprised you or blew your mind or really made you smile um, I actually think the, uh, the nicest text that I had got was from my trainer, um, my, my long-term trainer, uh, Colby, uh, at Joey D sports. And I've been working with him since, I don't know if it's 2016 or 2017. So he's been with me a long time and he's kind of seen the ups and the downs and just like has helped me gone through my injury as well as my physical therapist, Tracy, who's really helped me kind of get back on the right track. But, um, but I mean, like I said, Colby and Ira's relationship was going on six years. So he sent me probably one of the nicest, just like heartfelt um, messages. And it, it really meant a lot to me. Well, you know what? You took us back in time there a little bit. And before we get, yeah. to, before we get to Palos Verdes, no, I wanted to go back in time. I want to go back to 2018. 
And I want to talk a little bit about your first win. It happens there in Portland, right? You end up shooting 19 under, you know, you have a great 62 in the opening round. And then, so you've won, you get your first career LPGA win. And then what happens after that? You know, maybe two months later, six months later. Yeah. You know, I actually think, um, everything was kind of going on the right track there. Um, I ended up making the Solheim cup team the following year. You know, I had a solid 2019, um, didn't win, but I, I felt like I was playing, you know, solid, like in contention felt like my game was right there. You know, I figured another win or, you know, whatever could be right around the corner. And I actually had a great finish in, um, Australia, pretty much right before COVID happened. I think I finished fourth and I played awesome there and, you know, was really looking forward to what the year was going to be. And then we stopped playing for five months. So that kind of like really um, shook everyone up, not just me. And it was not shortly after that, that I ended up injuring my back and then I was out for another seven months. So in pretty much the calendar year of from March to March, 2020 to 2021, I had only played four tournaments and I was just, I almost felt like I was like back to square one in some ways, like not a rookie, but in some ways just competitively um, had so much of an uphill battle to get through. Well, you know what? You're doing a really good job this afternoon of making mine easy because I kind of wanted to take people through this timeline. And uh, so let's jump back just a little bit, you know, so success seems to change us all. We have the win, you know, you're rolling along, you're doing your thing. And then all of a sudden, like you mentioned there, we're all put on pause in early Mm -hmm. 2020. And, you know, I'm kind of curious because athletes like professional athletes like yourself are hyper competitive, right? And you and your friends and everyone on the LPGA tour has to hit the pause button. What was that like for Marina Alex? It really wasn't that bad, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, not great to not compete and not be able to, you know, make money and, you know, be out there doing your job and and feeling like you're productive. But at the same time, it also was nice to maybe just have a, a small reset mentally, you know, the travel gets uh, difficult and you're going from state to state, country to country. You're on the road a lot. It's a very go, go, go lifestyle. So to just have like a little bit of time to reset, you know, wasn't um, actually the end of the world. It was a bit refreshing to be at home. Granted, I didn't go anywhere or do anything, but um, just to, you know, not feel like an urgency to have to go do something, whether it was practice or workout or, you know, pack my bag, get on a plane, go here. Um, it, It was it was nice to a point. And then it started getting, everyone got restless. Um, so I mean, I was like so eager to get back out there once we restarted. And then I think I just couldn't believe that I, I didn't really ever think when I, um, when I withdrew from, I actually coincidentally withdrew from Portland in 2020, that was my first week that I had skipped because my back was not feeling great. And I was like, it'll be a week or two. I'll be back. It'll be a week or two. I'll be back. And that lasted seven months. <laughs> so I never quite wrapped my head around, you know, um, the whole process of like what was going on with me injury wise. And I was a little bit in denial of like how long it was going to take me to feel healthy again. Um, I kept trying to push it. You know, I, I wanted to get ready to play the U.S. Open that year because it had been rescheduled to December and there was still a tour championship that I was eligible for because I had a solid start to the year and we hadn't been playing that much. So I was still in the field and I was like really looking forward to finishing 2020 and I 
like set myself back trying to get ready to play. So I kind of like made my own mistakes in this whole process, I guess, um, which are big learning ones. I mean, you know what, folks, if you're just joining us right now this afternoon on the pro show, we are talking to the LPGA's latest lady winner, and that's Marina Alex. She just pulled off a victory out there at the Palos Verdes Championship this past Sunday, and she's from New Jersey. So we love having her on our uh, home golf show here, the pro show. And you know what? We're talking a little bit about her first victory and the process of which, and and trust me, I just mentioned it's going to be a fairy tale ending. We're going to get there, but you know, athletes nowadays, they go through a lot of different struggles and you had the pause button from COVID, but then right when we were all coming out of COVID, now you have this injury that you have to kind of hit the pause button again. And and you, you kind of mentioned how you struggled with that or whatever, but I think you have an amazing story of perseverance. So you already touched upon how, you know, like it was like you had to hit the brakes twice. Right. So now when you come, when you, getting to towards you know recovery from your injury right you, you must have had someone around you that was like hey you know like really trying to support you could have been family friends a mentor or whatever you know like i mean you showed amazing perseverance and going through all of this right and we'll get to your team in a yeah. second but like was there somebody mom dad who, i mean i don't know whoever that really kind of you know helped keep that trait of perseverance pushing you hard and you know i mean cuz i'm sure there were some tough times yeah. I mean, both my parents have been great. Um, you know, my mom and my dad are like, it's really rare that any one of any athlete of any sport goes through a career and doesn't have an injury. Um, there are a few that don't, which they're very blessed and they're lucky, but everyone deals with something some, some point or another along the way. Um, and he's, and my dad was like, you're just, this is the time you're dealing with it. Um, so, you know, you just have to figure out how to get healthy and then get back to feeling, you know, where you were before from a confidence and a competitive standpoint. I think more than anything, I was just a little, and honestly, I still am. And I'm sure you can talk to other players who've gone through some um, like longer injury setbacks. Like you get a little nervous about doing your sport again. Um, Cause you just don't want to get hurt. You get nervous a little bit about training. And there was definitely like a period of just, I was, I was tentative with a lot of what I was doing. You know, I didn't want to overload myself. I was like extremely, I got to a point where I was like extremely cautious, I think with some things. And then finally, like my trainer Colby and my physical therapist, Tracy were like, listen, you're good. You're a lot better. Like we can, we can ramp this up a little bit. So I think having that kind of like confidence of it's going to be okay. Um, you're much better than you realize, you know, it's like, and you get out of that mode of like protection and then you're kind of back to being a little bit more less on the defense. Well, you know, you bring up a great point there. There are very, very few professional athletes that have a, a decent length career that don't go through some sort of injury issue. And, you know, and everyone's I, are different. Unfortunately, you know, some people have issues with their hands or their wrists or their shoulders, back, knee. I don't know. Every you, you talk to a million different people. There's always something that's kind of like bugging them. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, I start to think about it in order to get through that every athlete, you know, the old saying, it takes a village will be cliche for a minute. But, you know, I mean, you started to develop some of the names in your village that got you through it. Colby, Tracy, you know, were there some other people? I mean, how did you now build towards that moment where you're going to come back to start playing in 2021? Yeah. And then I think the final piece is, um, you know, I switched coaches um, and I started working with Claude Harmon last year. Um about two or three months after I'd restarted because 
I loved my old instructor, but he was in Australia. So COVID really put the brakes on our um, ability to work together. And he hasn't been to the States and I haven't been to Australia since 2020. And it, up until, you know, let's say it's been what, two or three months ago, it's still been pretty difficult to travel there and vice versa. So um, I started working with Claude and in the off season leading into 2022, um, he was the one that kind of just helped me kind of fine tune what I was doing in my swing and get me into a place that was good, repeatable, and was kind of a bit safer, you know, for my back. And I think I needed all of that to feel good. Well, I'll tell you what, you want to talk about feeling good. I'll tell you what looks good. I'm a PGA professional and I see those posts that you put up on the gram of the swing, you know, here in 2022. And again, as, as a PGA coach, um, I want to go maybe to your mindset when you selected Claude, what kind of drew you to him? Because I'm telling you, Marina, you know, one of the things, and I touch upon this on the show all the time, everybody knows this week that I had you to win. All right. At 90 to one odds. And everybody is everyone that follows me and, and reads the line. They are celebrating, you know, with you. Uh, I mean, they don't, they don't they don't we don't know you, but we're celebrating with you. Let me tell you. And the reason that I picked you is because, man, that swing looks good right now. And I know what kind of competitor you are from back in your SEC days. So, I mean, what was it about Claude that kind of attracted you to go down that road? Because it seems like right now, hindsight being 2020, that was a great decision. Yeah, no, it definitely was. I mean, honestly, um, I know he's a, you know, fantastic teacher. He's worked with a ton of great players, but, you know, he, when he's home, he's at the Floridian, which is Stewart, and that's only 35 minutes from where I live. So it made the most sense logically. Um, I felt like in the off season, I could actually get something accomplished because, you know, I could go in once or twice a week and it's just up the road as opposed to traveling to see a coach, which I have been doing my entire career. And as great as my coaches have been, and I love everything that I've done with each of them. And I feel like all of that has gotten me to a point, you know, it's all important. Um, I just was getting, I, it's, it's exhausting to have to make extra trips to do things. So it really just worked out perfectly that um, he was willing to take me on and work with me and, you know, he's close. So it's great. Well, as the host of this show, this has worked out perfectly this afternoon. But before I get myself in trouble, we got to take a quick break and head out for the sponsor. So just hold tight for a second. I'll be back in, in just a couple of minutes here. Um, let's, uh, let's let them do their thing. So up next, more with Marina. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920, everybody. Mike Greenberg is Greeny. Chris Paul is one of those guys whose numbers, if you look at them, are so good that they almost seem made up. But, you know, he was never on the best team all those years in New Orleans. Wasn't able to go to the Lakers. Winds up on the Clippers. Then they fell short. But now here he is, the veteran presence on this otherwise very young Phoenix team. It would mean everything to his legacy. Greeny with Mike Greenberg. Weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And watch exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Is there a better feeling than winning a bet? Take it from a professional, a PGA professional like Keith Stewart. When it comes to wagering on golf, you need to know more than analytics. Stats are just a description of a player's habits. But what causes those habits to repeat? There are other elements you need to consider to raise your betting acumen. If you're the type of person who loves to learn and earn by wagering, then you must read the line. With an easy-to-understand newsletter format, in five minutes a week, you can bet with confidence, knowing the picks are made by a golf professional. Golf betting lacks an expert voice. Read the Line brings over 25 years of experience in the golf industry to every prediction. Players are not an exact science, and neither is betting. 
but when you consider the human element of a game alongside facts and figures, you'll be able to elevate your winning reputation. Go to readtheline.com to subscribe, read, and win. That's readtheline.com. You got a great voice for radio. Time to get back on course. Face for radio. I, I, I get a lot of that too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the pro show, and I'm Keith Stewart. Welcome back to our conversation with Marina Alex. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. You know whether I'm in Washington, D.C., or at home in New Jersey, I love sharing stories with all of you on a Friday afternoon. Just take today's superb guest. With two wins on the West Coast, I guess this playlist choice certainly makes some sense. Lay your eyes up upon me for the better. Oh, I know I'm worse for weather, but my love I won't give Hi, we're back with Marina, uh, the LPGA's most recent champion. And I tell you, she's just infectious. You can hear her in her voice, the passion with which that she takes towards her craft. And I want to get now into Palos Verde's championship, Marina. So I'm going to take you back to Sunday. And you know what? Maybe even let's go. Let's go before that, because I mentioned it earlier and I felt really good about where you were coming off of Wilshire. And I didn't know if that was the best fit for you because classic golf course, you're really good on classic golf courses because you're so accurate. But that was a long one, like a really long one. And, you know, I felt like, man, when you top 10 there, there. What were you thinking coming off two Sundays ago? I love Wilshire. Um, I really do. I think that's one of the best courses we play consistently year in and year out. Um, it's in good shape. It's tough. Uh, greens are great, you know, and I've had some really good finishes there over the years. So uh, I had a nice weekend. I can't remember what I shot on Sunday, but I, I think I shot maybe like four under or something like that. Um, and those holes are that coming down the stretch are tough. They're tough finishers, you know, 17 and the par three eighteenth. So it is a challenge though. There's some length to that golf course. It's just, it's an, it's an interesting course, but I, I love it. Um, so I felt good going into PV, you know, off of a, a nice weekend there. And I was just figuring, let's just keep rolling some momentum and, you know, get back into contention and see what happens. Well, you were definitely rolling right there into Palos Verdes. And I, and I love what the LPGA did by putting you, you all in LA for two straight weeks. You know, the marketing team was selling tickets where you could go to both of them. You were only 30 miles apart. And then, I mean, if you weren't going to do it in New York, you'd do it in LA, right? I mean, th- that would be the spot where you would, you yeah. know, try to really try to put all of you as a showcase. And I, I just thought that that was a super savvy move by Molly and the team there. But, you know, when I started to look at Palos Verdes, I said, man, I was like, I really think this reminds me a little bit with the elevation changes and some of the shorter holes, much like North Jersey country club where you're from. It right. Is. And some of the, some of the like the blind shots all the time. I mean, yeah. I, I think, uh, I think North Jersey country club uh, over 18 holes has 19 blind tee shots, you know? So it's yeah, like, it's one of those things. Blind. Yeah. So 54 holes in, you know, you're still playing well, right? You're three mm-hmm. back. Take us to Sunday morning. You're getting ready to go. What's your mindset like and how you feeling at that point? Yeah, I mean, feeling good. It it didn't feel all that dissimilar um, to Portland. You know, it, uh, Portland, I remember I was in the second to last group, but there was a pretty big gap between myself and I think it was Georgia and Minji Lee who were, you know, ahead in the last group. And at that point, I think Georgia had already won the, um, the Ladies Open that year. And then um, Minji obviously is a solid player. So I kind of 
you don't expect much give in that regard. So you are know that you're kind of on the chase, you know, you, you have a fantastic day maybe, but you also don't um, have that anticipation that there's going to be much backup and much help to help you out. So I kind of felt similarly going into this um, last day, Hannah Green, Lydia Ko, um, Indy Park, you know, some unbelievable golfers up top there, accomplished multiple time winners, you know, Hannah finished, I think, second in Wiltshire. Um, so, you know, you can't really expect, um, again, a whole lot of help from the field. You kind of need to go out and just put your best foot forward and wherever that leaves you, it leaves you, which I kind of like, you know, knowing that uh, you're going to have to really put a really good round together um, as opposed to, I guess, maybe playing defense. This was like, you kind of need to just go out and be offensive. So, uh yeah, I've just figured we'd go out and see what happens. I actually bogeyed one of my first few holes, which maybe helped, you know, settle me down, get kind of like that nervous energy out of the way, you know, made that mistake. And I was a little refocused after that. Yeah, you bo- you bogey the third hole and then you, you come all the way in. I mean, uh, I'm not going to spoil anything here. We know what happens, but uh, you make six birdies the rest of the way and you play spectacularly. And I love the way, I mean, you know, <laughs> You're, you're just, I mean, honestly, you are just the best to root for because you're like, you know, no one was going to make it easy on me. Yeah. Let alone the number one player in the world's hunting you down. Right. Yeah. I it, forgot that, you know, she was, cause she wasn't necessarily in the outright lead. So I think it kind of like going into Sunday. So it kind of got a little lost that she um, was still playing well, you know, like let's not forget she's had an unbelievable year, year and a half. I mean, she's just like unstoppable right now. So yeah, I just didn't even think about that. Maybe, maybe it was good I didn't. <laughs> well, I mean, I tell you, I, I just, I just love, I love in the moment. At some point, you knew what was going on, you know, and, you, and your bravery is just to be totally commended. I mean, it's like there's signs up all over the beach that there's shark sightings, and you're like, nah, well, I'm going swimming today. This is what I'm going yeah. to do. And you fire that 66, and you're three under on the back nine. And you know, one of the things, you know, we mentioned some of the names, and you know. I bet you they were looking at the board thinking, you know, like, oh, geez, look what Marina's doing. I know she's a solid ball striker, but do you ever look at the score? I, you know, as, as a PGA professional and a tournament player myself, I, I always wonder the mindset of some of these little nuances. Did, did you know where you stood when you made birdie on 16? No, and it was kind of similar with um, Portland. I didn't look at the leaderboards there. Um, you know, in the past, I think it's rattled me a little bit, good or bad, you know, where I'm just like, oh, I'm ahead or, oh, I'm behind. And it just kind of changes my perspective. And I stop playing like the shot in front of me and I'm sort of like, okay, what do I need to do now for the rest of these four holes or whatever, you know? So it kind of really, I think it's, I find it disruptive. Um, so I've stopped looking and again, I just figured that I got to put a little round together you know that's the most important thing you know whether i birdie 16 17 and 18 or just 16 or just 17 or just 18 at the end of the day it's either going to be good enough or it's not going to be good enough and i don't think looking at the leaderboard is necessarily going to change um whether or not i i make it happen or i don't you know what the way you mentioned that right there makes me think of something just you know off the top of my head you know, it seems like you've really come to terms with whether you're on the leaderboard or not, whether you're looking or not, we're all looking on TV. Right. But yeah. it, it, it really sounds like you're secure 
in your professionalism on the golf course, your game, the way you carry yourself. And certainly the way you carry yourself is to be commended, not only just for young girls that want to get into the game, but anyone that plays at any age, you know, I mean, complete respect for the way that you, you speak about the game and you do, and you, and you do what you do. Right. But like, was there a moment maybe through the injury or, you know, some of the dedication you needed to have or with your team that, that kind of put you in this mindset because you, I mean, you come across just supremely secure. Yeah, I think I just, as I've gotten older and I, you know, I've been out here, this is my ninth year on the LPGA, my 10th year playing professional golf. I just, I I feel like that's a great career. It's an amazing career. Um, there's really nothing to say that I haven't really accomplished like some of the toughest things you can do in golf. So to me, everything moving forward is just kind of cherry uh, icing on the cake. Um, I mean, not that I'm not focused and I'm driven and I'm competitive. I am, but I'm also a little bit realistic. Like, you know, if you said to someone, Hey, this would be your career in your life, um, on paper, but you would never actually have to do it. Would you take it? Most people would absolutely say yes. You know, they wouldn't say no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take a 10 year, um, professional golf career, you know, two wins a Solheim cup and be dissatisfied with that. So I think there's a little bit of like, you have to be kind of like, perspective have some perspective on what else could be happening in your life that's not nearly as as successful it may not be it's not Jin Young Ko I understand that but it's also it's pretty cool I mean I think we could all be happy and not be Jin Young Ko I mean it'd be great to be Tiger too right I know you could could be happy they're unbelievable talents and they're yes and they're unbelievably they're just different level than than most everyone even at our own level they're they're you know like that that next step that's just i don't know it's indescribable to be honest and it's you know very very it's something to you know appreciate but it doesn't mean that it takes away from anyone else's careers out there and i think as long as you're happy with you know what you've been doing and putting your best foot forward and trying your hardest if you can't really be upset with results because a lot of those results are not in your control well, I tell you what, I mean, you're kind of downplaying things there, Marina Alex, yeah. you know, you, you're, you're currently ranked 28th in the world, right? You've been around for nine seasons. You said that you've had 28 career top tens. You've got two wins, you know, um, it, it, by all standards, um, you know, I, I, I just, I'm so happy to have you as a guest this afternoon and, that my, and my listeners get to love you as much as, you know, we do here at the pro show, but you know what, what's interesting. And I want to shift gears for a second. So congratulations again on Palace Verdes, but I really, what I'd rather say and get people to know about you is that you are just a wonderful spokeswoman for the LPGA. Right. And just hear me out for a second. Everybody gives Rory a ton of respect for his transparency and the way he kind of portrays the PGA tour. But when I hear you or I, or I listen to you on Twitter or the different things that you do in, in just just the way you spoke on Sunday, you know, this this really macro view of what it is that you put nine years of your life into, you know, you become a tremendous spokeswoman for your association, right? Is that something that you've always wanted to do? Is that, did that come with time also? I mean, because you're very good at it. Yeah, it came with COVID. It came from, you know, honestly, like sitting and watching, um, you know, those months that I wasn't playing, but, you know, I have friends out there. um, You know, I had a couple of weeks after I stopped playing, you know, one of my great friends, Mel Reed got uh, her first win on the LPGA. And I was like, that was one of the first times I'd sat and like actually really watched our tour from like Thursday to Sunday, which you just don't usually watch your own product. But I think I saw a lot, um, you know, watching the U S open that year tour championship. And I was like, man, you know, we 
I think we deserve a little bit more credit than what we've gotten in the last 10, 15 years um, because the talent is great. The girls are incredible. Um, so it kind of like just gave me a little bit of a, I don't know, a different, um, I wouldn't say it's a passion or, or a focus, but it's just kind of like sparked my interest in, in doing whatever, you know, to, uh, to help us get a little bit more um, broad spectrum fan base. You know, we need, we need more people watching us. And I think if there's any way I can help do that and any of us can help, you know, get more viewership, I think that's a huge deal. Well, you're helping today. And you're going to help next week. You know, you're there for yes. the Cognizant Founders Cup at, in New Jersey, our home state. Home, home, home game. Yeah. Home game. Back to back wins. I can't wait to see there. See them. I'll be there on Sunday to, to be certainly clap for you. That There's no doubt about that. But um, you've been a good sport today and I know you got to run. But real quick before you go, my listeners love to get to know the guests just on a little bit more of an intimate level. Sure. So you up for a little rapid fire Q&A? Have some fun sure. with, with the yes. pro here. All right. Here we go. Real quick. On a, you know, a lot of it has been made about your eyeglasses, right? Everybody, oh, yes. everybody loves them, right? Okay. But on a yes. scale of one to 10, how bad is your eyesight? Oh, it's awful. It's a 10 if the 10 is bad. 10 is bad. Yes. All right. Yeah. So you, maybe even 11. All right. Name, yes. a bucket, name a bucket list vacation destination, but you're not bringing golf clubs. Uh, Iceland. Ooh, Reykjavik. I love it. All yeah. right. Would you rather win an Oscar or a Grammy? A Grammy. All right. I like, I love music. So I feel like music being musically gifted is cooler to me than um, acting. No offense to the actors. Well, that begs the question then, right? What band or or who would you like to sing or perform with? Oh, that's too difficult of a question. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. (laughs) Uh, Favorite piece of clothing in your closet? Um, My oversized denim jacket from Zara. Name someone you'd like to sit next to on a cross-country flight. Tiger. What characteristic best describes you? Uh, different. Founders Cup next week. Okay, we're talking about the mentors and the leaders of the game. The best golf advice you were ever given? Uh, just to you, you do you. Be, be yourself and trust yourself. When you hear the word champion... Who is the first person that comes to mind? Mm, Kari Webb. Kari Webb. All right. Well, you know what? This week, it happens to be you there, Marina Alex. I can't thank you (laughs) enough for being on the pro show. And I I can't wait to see you next week. You know, go give them hell out there at the Founders Cup. And uh, there's no reason you can't win back to back. We're all behind you. Absolutely. Thanks, Keith. We're fast approaching 4 p.m. here. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Come back to wrap up today's show with, of course, the weekly update. Kellerman show. You know, there was no one there like, hey, where's that guy we just hired? He just stopped showing up suddenly 15 years ago. So he got away with it, 650 G's. And now he's being sued. I don't know. I, you can't just not show up for work, but, but if he's not like doing anything fraudulent and they're just sending him the checks, I mean, why wouldn't he just deposit it in his account? The Max Kellerman Show, weekdays at 2 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Watch exclusively on ESPN Plus. 
Join the thousands of golfers who already call Stick and Hack their home for the best golf stories, original podcasts, special events, member perks, and an active community of golfers across North America. Up until now, the golf media landscape lived somewhere between straight PGA coverage or idiots wrecking golf carts. We take a different approach by celebrating all sides of golf, life, and all the ways this amazing game connects Sticks and Hacks every day. Your free membership entitles you to discounts from major brands all over the country while connecting you with like-minded golfers for discussion, tips, or even around a golf. So head to stickandhack.com and enjoy the world's greatest golf club without the course. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show on ESPN 920. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, on this rainy Friday afternoon. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. And if you're ever on the road like I am this week, streamers online, you know, you can hit us up at 920ESPNNewJersey.com. I can't believe you're playing this song, right? This afternoon. You never stop with the playlist. I love it. You know what? And you know where I never stop? That's posting this podcast up on iTunes, Spotify, all those podcast platforms. You know you'll get it tonight. Social media, make sure you follow us at Read the Line. And of course, go to ReadLine.com and subscribe to the weekly golf newsletter that lets you know all the best stories in golf that help you figure out who your weekend wagers are going to be. Well, I guess uh, I have seen the rain. Turn it up. I tell you, I've seen it. I've felt it. And uh, we are experiencing it full force down here. You know what? And if you want to hit the golf ball full force there, Mr. Wade Weezer, you know who you got to do? You got to go see our friends at TaylorMade because they have the new Stealth Driver. And I just used it the other day. I was commenting on it that I played on Wednesday afternoon up at Argyle Country Club, Denny McCarthy's home course. And the guy I was playing with, Ryan, he was like, man, you know, we, he and I had just played in the fall, so he had seen me hit my old driver, and now he was hitting the new one, and I'm telling you, TaylorMade has got it figured out. And then I hit the three-wood, which was also the new Stealth. So if you are one of those people who is constantly seeking more distance off the tee, or just a little bit better ball flight with your fairway woods, get out and get yourself a Stealth. Go to TaylorMadeGolf.com. All right, you're going to love this first one. The Bryson Reveal. All right, that, that's, that's what it is. Well, Bryson DeChambeau's surgically repaired left hand is out of a cast. With the eight-time PGA Tour winner sharing a photo late Friday last week, DeChambeau released a tweet showing a massive incision in the palm of his left hand with the stitches out and a caption saying, Healing up. Gripped a club today. Can't hold it for long, but I'm getting there. The 28-year-old broke a bone in his left hand, an injury that he says was aggravated earlier this year during a ping-pong match. Go, go figure. The procedure was performed on April 14th in Ohio, and he's expected to miss two months, meaning he will not play in the PGA Championship next month at Southern Hills outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma. So I won't see him in two weeks out in Tulsa there. Wait out. No. No, ping pong is dangerous. We got We got to let's get that out there right now. Okay, we need ping pong awareness. Well, I, I mean, I mean, these press releases, you just love them because I tell you, <laughs> I mean, who wrote it? You know, the guys out at long drive, you know, championships and driving the ball 400 yards. And then they're going to say, you know, like somebody didn't read this and say, like, well, you know, that he was like wrestling a gorilla or something. You know, I mean, like, right. honestly, right. you know, but but guess what? All right. He, that wasn't his best post of the week. 
Bryson was seen in a Tim Tebow post and where both were in a towel getting out of a cryo chamber, one of those freezing chambers, <laughs> right? So I don't know if that's going to help heal his hand, but one thing's for sure. <laughs> Tim Tebow and Bryson together is quite the pair. There's no doubt about that, right? All right. Speaking, yeah. of, speaking of a pair we've been mentioning a lot lately, here's another one for you. The shark bites back. Greg Norman's new golf league was prepared to launch the same week in February that Phil Mickelson's controversial comments about the PGA Tour in Saudi Arabia were published, which caused many committed players to back out. At the time, Norman told ESPN this past Monday, at least 30% of the top 50 players in the world had committed to play in the new league. There's no question, this is Norman, there's no question, Mickelson's comments hurt. A two-time winner on the Open and the CEO of Live Golf Investments, Norman, says it hurts in a lot of aspects. It hurt the PGA Tour. It hurt us. It hurt the game of golf. It hurt Phil. So, yeah, across all fronts, it wasn't just specifically to us, but it definitely created negative momentum against us and the sport. Well, I'll tell you what. If you think that hurts, Greg, wait until Phil banks about $10 million on your new tour, and then you have to <laughs> sign the check and give it to him. <laughs> I can't wait. Right. I mean, you know, they're, they're talking about on that tour, like inviting amateurs and everything, because now they can't obviously. I mean, it's, it's a big deal. We're going to pay for five million, Wade, but we have no one there to play yeah. in it. Right. Other than yeah, 40 year old. That, it's all set. Yeah. Other than angry Sergio and 40 year old Lee Westwood, you know, <laughs> running for prime minister. Anyway. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of some actually some good politics there, Mr. Wade Weezer, down mm -hmm. under rises to the occasion. In a world's first for golf, the Men's Australian Open and the Women's Australian Open are joining forces. The marquee events will be played at the same time and at the same venues, with the event to be held on the world-famous Melbourne Sandbelt from December 1st through the 4th. Victoria Golf Club is the primary host venue across all four days of the tournament, and Kingston Heath Golf Club is set to host play on the first two days as well. Field sizes of 144 men and 144 women will compete for an equal split of the $3.4 million Ooh. prize money. So that's the catch, right? That's the, that was the buildup there, is that not only are they hosting the event in the same place, but they're going to pay the checks out equally for the men and the women. Hey, Wade, you know, golf is generally slow to change and seldom makes, you know, any innovations without the idea of it being tested first. You know, yeah. I, I would know, right? Um, this is a very cool move towards larger and equal purses for women's golf. And it's a very cool story and one that I hope doesn't end down under. All right. And I got one more for you. Okay. Okay. A week. Yep. One more week in the life of Jr. You know, before he wraps up college this, this freshman year, we, we got to give you another update. <laughs> there it is. All right. So Jr. this week all over Twitter. And some other places. We'll get to that in a second. It's finals week. All right. He also reported his car won't start. 90 million career earnings, his car won't start. He says his golf game is suffering. Right. Um, he's just oh. figured out Twitch and Call of Duty. So he's been streaming all over the Internet. You got to check these out. He's he, he's got all these like eight year old kids playing Call of Duty against them. <laughs> it's just absolutely hysterical. And of all things, he joined TikTok. So, um, <laughs> one year into college, I can definitely say um, I think he's taking full advantage of the whole um, experience on campus. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> if he's got TikTok, Call of Duty, and of course his car won't start. And that's your Pro Show update for the week ending May 6th, 2022. Well, everybody, it has been a lot of fun 
to be calling in live from the Wells Fargo Championship down here at TPC Potomac in Avenel Farm. I, I got to do this quick aside. Um, we, have, we have a second? We have a second, right? Okay. Sure. I'll do it quick. All right. So I ran into some old Springdale friends down here at the golf tournament, right? My buddies, Ben Donati and Dean Patron, were walking. I'm walking the fairways on Thursday, and they're like, the director of fun. They start yelling, and I'm like, well, wait, we're in a golf tournament. Stop yelling, you know? And I see these guys, <laughs> and they, awesome. were like, they were like, we knew you were going to be here. We, we heard it on the pro show or whatever. I said, well, you know, I said, I'm going to be up in uh, North Jersey next week, and then we're going to Tulsa in two weeks for the PGA Championship. And uh, with Tiger Woods on campus there out in Tulsa at Southern Hills and a possibility of Phil Mickelson, um, we're definitely going to have some fun that week for sure, Mr. Wade Weezer. So thanks for all that you do. And, of course, thanks to all my listeners. Oh, wait. Let's, ha- let's, let's include those sponsors, too. You know, can't forget them. TaylorMade Golf and the New Jersey Golf Foundation. So a live look next week from the Founders Cup. But for now, one brief thought about perseverance. Thomas Edison failed over a thousand times before he successfully invented the light bulb. If you don't just give up, imagine what you could accomplish. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the team next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.